It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in. Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth, Mike uh, Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, producing the show. want to thank our uh, presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat, for all your exercise needs, for all your supplementation needs. Check them out at sweetsweat.com. Also, um, Superbook, America's best bet, Superbook. Normally, we hook up with uh, Jay Cornegay. But um, I had uh, Buffalo Bill meetings today. And so uh, I had to tell Jay, say la vie. It was a perfect time for me to do that, too, because I uh, took an absolute ass thumping in our picks <laughs> last week, which we'll get into yes. our picks. But, yes. you know, you've always preached to me the all important uh-huh. loss column, and you have just taken the lead in the loss column, if that makes sense. So you have less losses than me, which would be – it's like a double negative. You've taken the lead in the loss column. That's right. It's it, a positive yeah, it negative, a negative, negative positive, yeah, something right, like that. Right, right. Yes. All yeah. right. Something else that uh, we were right about that uh, we we, uh, we talked about was the idea that when the Pittsburgh Steelers' mark were rolling off wins, 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, 11-0, you and I both kind of shared this, this nagging feeling that, you know, they don't look like – an 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, team. And boy, if they come crashing back down to earth, how how high should the level of concern be there in Steelerland? Well, they've had some some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but they're still a really good defense, right? They can still pressure the opponent's quarterback. They can still capture the line of scrimmage. So I, I, I look at them and I think they're a really good defense, um, have the potential to be uh, you know an outstanding defense, um, so that that part doesn't concern me as much as them on the offensive side of the ball, Mike. And you know, there's a couple things that concern me. Like you don't have to, and I've gotten in this conversation. I've talked to you about this. I've talked to several coaches about this. You know, the old adage of "we got to run the ball, we got to defend the run." You know, like uh, like the old Lombardi, right? We get a seal here and a seal here, and we run it down the alley. You know, like. I mean, you get this, like, we got to run the ball. And I'm like, not really. You got to capture the line of scrimmage. And so I'm just having a conversation with Brian Dayball, who is the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. This is 15 minutes ago. So I'm on the phone. I'm on a Zoom call with him. And he's like, you know, my definition of being able to run the ball is you got to run the ball when everybody knows. You've got to run the ball. You have talked about that for years. Right. And it was music to my yeah. ears. Yeah. Like, you got to be able to run the ball in third down and two. You got to be able to run the ball in the red zone. And what did they do? Last week, they beat Pittsburgh. Buffalo did. They didn't run the ball for two inches until when? Last seven minutes of the game. And then they just, I mean, then they just crammed it down Pittsburgh's throat in the last seven minutes of the game. And. Just a really interesting aspect. He also said, hey, man, you got to pass the ball. Not when you set up the play action and you get a deep shot down the field and you strike. You got to pass it when everybody in the building knows you got to pass it. And you got to be able to find completions in those situations. And, like, I agree. Like, that's what I I believe in in that kind of aspect of, of football. Capture the line of scrimmage and, and be able to dictate – to a defense when you have to dictate to a defense. Getting back to Pittsburgh, they can't run the ball when everybody knows they need to run the ball. Honestly, and this is something that I'll take from you and I'll give you credit for just on this podcast. If I'm on a national television show, I'll accept the credit 100%. 
but because you are my intellectual property, you know that. Um, ben Roethlisberger don't want to get hit no more. Like there was a day when Ben Roethlisberger would stand there, hold on to the ball, and he'd take one of the chops, you know, knock off a defensive lineman, stiff arm him, scramble out, and still throw the ball down the field. Ben Roethlisberger can get the ball out of Ben Roethlisberger's hands right now. Like he's the type of guy that I think would talk about himself in the third person. He'd be like, hey, Ben Roethlisberger ain't going to get hit. <laughs> like, one thing Ben Roethlisberger don't want to do, he don't want to hold on to the ball and get hit. Ben Roethlisberger going to throw the ball, you know? Um, and so their underneath underneath passing game is it, it's great when it works. Let me tell you, when guys drop the ball and you get behind the chains in that, I've always felt it's hard to get into a rhythm when all you're doing is trying to throw yourself back into a rhythm. Sometimes you got to hunker down and say, we're going to – we're going to get in two tights and, and, a, and a tailback, and we're going to cram it down your throat, right? And they just they just really don't have that. They spend more time in three and four wides than anybody I watch, and, um, and they don't have that aspect of their offense. It's all underneath. It's all quick throws. It's all that stuff. And you're one drop away from being, you know, third down or second, third down and, and nine, and now all of a sudden, you know, now all of a sudden, uh, people are are pressing you, disrupting the receiver's timing out of out of their breaks, and Ben doesn't want to stand there and hold on to it. He wants to throw it. So they've got a real they've got a real problem right now. I think you know when they were eleven and zero. If you looked at the at the roster of teams they played, and I'm not going to apologize for the teams they played, but if you look at it, there's not anybody that was really having a great season or really a a a, a, a great opponent. And now they've faced a couple of teams um, in the last couple of weeks that that have pretty much put it on them. Well, the thing about Roethlisberger, and you and I, we had this conversation uh, after the Patriots lost to the Titans 34-10 to in 2018. And, and that's when, again, it was a fresh barrage of, oh, Brady looks washed up. Brady, you know, seems to be afraid of the rush. And, uh, and I told you that day, I said, I said, you know what? I think Tom Brady understands he only has so many hits left in him. And he is not going to stand in there, stare down the gun barrel to deliver a pass right. for a midseason game against the Tennessee Titans. He's going to save it for when it matters. You're right. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. And he was back by playoff time, standing in there delivering strikes, playing with courage, all that stuff. I suspect you'll see the same thing with Roethlisberger. I do, too. I think I still think defensively they're really good. I do think they need to become a little bit more balanced, and, and I think they have to commit to that, Mike. Like, that takes a commitment. And, you know, when you're throwing it all over the ball yard, so to speak, and you're creating some big plays on the offensive side of the ball, um, that's great. But come playoff time, and when you're playing good teams, man, you still have to play a physical brand of football, and and they haven't been able to do that enough. Uh, so that's that's the Steelers situation. Uh, the Saints, uh, how how shocked or were you shocked by their no show against the Eagles? In, in with the benefit of hindsight, was that the dreaded trap game for New Orleans? They knew they had the Chiefs coming up. Yeah, and maybe they got caught looking ahead, especially when they found out that you know rookie and Hertz was going to be starting. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. One, you know, like you said, got caught looking ahead. Two, looking at what's the potential of return for Drew Brees, and 
how long do we want to hold him out? Do we want him 100% healthy? Like, do we like do we want to continue to play Taysom Hill? Like, what? Like all these things that have gone on, and then I think inevitably, you watch one half of Jalen Hurts. That's what you watch, and you watch him complete, you know, a fourth and eighteen for a touchdown, and you're like, all right, you know, we know he can roll around, but you faced you essentially faced an offense that you hadn't studied, that you hadn't prepared for. And I think Philadelphia did a great job of using his athleticism, his escapability, setting some play action up off of that stuff, having the design quarterback runs, and then him just when things break down, him getting out. He completed another fourth down for another fourth down play for a touchdown in back to back weeks. Um, like everybody played a lot better. You saw what you got was a Philadelphia Eagles team that had been energized by the change and that played way above the X's and O's compared to what you witnessed on film for the last 11 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever it is. And so I think they shocked you a little bit. I think you got shocked a little bit. I think you were looking ahead a little bit. And you got, I mean, it's the classic trap game. You got beat by a team that isn't as good as you, that isn't as talented as you, that, that you know, frankly, <clears throat> you just flat weren't ready to play. And they they shocked you a little bit because you weren't – like, there's no way to prepare for that. Like, this is why you see all the time – you see a rookie quarterback come in and – like or, or a quarterback that you don't – a backup quarterback that's been, you know, dabbling for a year or two and he comes in and just lights it up for two or three games because people don't have a book on you. They don't know what you are. And so a lot of times you get some vanilla, very vanilla defense type of thing. Like they're they're like, hey, the one thing we don't want to do is give up the 80-yard touchdown pass. So let's see if this guy can earn it. And let's just play off and let's play soft and let's see if this guy can deliver a few strikes and and make some plays. And Jalen Hurts did that. Man, he brought energy. Like I said, he scrambled around on broken plays, made plays not only with his feet but also with his arm on broken plays. And some of the design QB runs and some of the stuff – off the RPO stuff and off the edge stuff that he's holding a back edge and Miles Sanders, their running back, is is cutting them up. Like he they did things against a, a Saints defense that's as good as there is in this league that they flat weren't prepared for, Mike. Like I, I think you're hundred percent right. You talk about trap game. They just weren't prepared for that. What do you do if you're the Eagles with Wentz? What do you do? What can you do? I mean you can't if you if you try to trade him, release him, it, it's a thirty four million dollar cap hit next year, and in a this, year where the the, the cap is going to go way down, cap's going to go down. You're selling him if you if you're trying to trade him, you're trading him on the low end, mm-hmm. so you're going to get virtually nothing in return. You know because teams are going to be like, hey, you want us to take on that contract, rescue from rescue you from that contract, plus give you a first round pick? No way. So. They have no choice, really, but to hold on to him and try to rehabilitate him, right? Yeah, he's got to go through. You know, he's got to go through a rehabilitation process, and um, and it and it's you know it's scary. Is, is it an open competition? I don't know. Like, I I really don't. I don't know that you can move him. If you're going to move him, you got to eat a majority of the salary, right? Like, it's it like they don't have a lot of good options. There, you know, there's a lot of options. None of them are good options. So that's where they are right now yeah. in Philadelphia. You feel better about the Ravens? You feel like they're back? After I, Monday night, yeah, I do. I do feel. I do feel after Monday night um, that performance. But again, I'm going to say the same thing I've said about the Ravens forever. There's a certain style with which they have to play to win. 
Now, I know that, you know, I know people say, well, Lamar, you know, threw the ball. He came, he comes off, you know, the toilet and throws that 40-yard strike with the two-minute warning. Um, and, you know, it was a dime. Absolutely. Like, you, you throw the seams and you throw the one-on-one stuff and absolutely you can throw that stuff. It's when they don't run the ball so they don't get the man-to-man coverage options is when they struggle. And so, to me, like, yeah, I, I get – that doesn't surprise me. It, it, that never that was never – you know, that was never part of the program. That didn't surprise me. And, and, the, and they lost, but I, I think the Cleveland Browns made a lot of fans, made a lot of converts – I, I even think, in defeat. Yeah, I think that one, they finally got an adult coach in their team. Right? Kevin Stefanski's an adult. And they have an identity. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things, you know, one of the ancillary benefits, and I'm not gonna say they're a better team without Odell Beckham Jr., because that's dumb. Um but they're they have become they have become a more cohesive unit in a in a better kind of overall offense. Because I think Baker Mayfield developed. And I think Baker is, like, Baker's done some things. He's answered a lot of the critics. I think he's matured and grown up. And um, and I tell you, they're an exciting football team. Defensively, man, they've got some players. Like, they've got an exceptionally talented roster. Now, they don't have this. The one thing that Odell hurts them, or the, the reason that Odell hurts, the loss of him hurts so bad is because they don't really have a, a lift the top of coverage, scared to death defense, you know, but scared the defense to death with with one guy that they can do all those things. They don't really have that guy, but they have become very balanced. Um, their running game is, you know, the actuator of their offense. Um, they've got they've got their backs not only are physical, but they can catch the ball. Um, Kareem Hunt is is great at catching the ball in the backfield as well as running the ball. Like they're a very they're a very good play action boot keep, and Baker does a great job of climbing the pocket, attacking the defense, and still making a throw down the football field. Like he's really grown. This is this is an exciting offense. All right, well let's see if some of these big games that we're talking about show up on our money making. Moneymaker picks. Oh, my gosh. Brought to you by the great folks over at Superbook, America's Best Bet. And um, I got to be honest with you, Mike. Um, I'm I'm reeling right now. You Last reeling. Week, I was cruising. I yep. I was really. You Last, let up. Like three or four weeks. I have not been good at all. This week was the worst week. I went 0-3 this 0-3. week. 0-3. And, um, and I realized something. I let you and I let Jay, Jay Cornegay, who normally, you know, joins us. I let you guys get into my head a little bit. How so? Well, you guys kept talking about getting on the other side, getting away from the favorites, and you kept it was a plan. It was like a plot. Wait, they you, were working in cahoots? Yes, I think you're working in cahoots. I think you guys were like, you guys, you know what you did to me? You Obi Wan Kenobi'd me. Jedi These are not the drones you? you're looking for. You kept saying <laughs> that, and and I was like, oh, maybe I better get on the other side of this. Right, and it it cost me an zero and three week, and so I said, f that. I'm I'm going back to my regular my regular I'm taking favorites and I'm sticking with them. Okay. So here I go. All right. Got the Packers and the Panthers. The Packers eight and a half point favorite. I don't care. I'm giving the eight eight and a half points. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers because that's the smart thing to do. The Rams <laughs> are playing the Jets. Come on, the Jets. 
They, they quit months ago. Big number, though. Big 17 and a half. I'll take the Rams. I Woo! don't care. I'll take the 17 and a half. And then finally, Ravens 12 and a half over the Jaguars. The Jaguars are home for Christmas, for crying out loud. I like the Ravens, what they're doing, the way they run the ball. I'll take the Ravens. I'm giving the 12 and a half. So I'm giving 8 and a half, 17 and a half, and 12 and a half to go 3 and 0 oh this week wow. and stomp back on you. By the way, you always tell me the importance of the loss column. I am 21 and 23 right now in the season. That's just awful. You're 19, 22, and 3. So you actually have less losses than me. God, I hate I you. Knew I these, hate it when you're right. I knew these ties. I knew these pushes would eventually come into hand. I come know, in handy. I know. Yes, I went 3 and 0 last week. I'm 5 and 1 in my last two uh two weeks. Oh, so look I'm, at you. I'm closing the gap. I'm gonna go with the um I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. Minus two over the Patriots. I just think that uh, Miami is a, a good, good football team that's uh, that's finishing strong, and they, they would love to be able to to beat the Patriots after all the misery uh, inflicted on them over the years. The Patriots uh, did not look good last week against the Rams, so I only have to give up two. I'll take it. Miami minus the two. I'm going to take the Cardinals minus six. There is now a full game of film out there on Jalen Hurts. And uh, I think Arizona will take advantage of that and clamp down. So I'll take the Cardinals minus the six. And uh, I'm going to go with a big number of my own. I think the the Steelers uh, get a little bit of a wake-up call this week, understand the urgency of uh, getting back onto their game. And they've got the uh, Woeful Bengals minus 12 and a half. I'll take uh, the Steelers. I think those are uh, wise picks, Mike. And uh... I, I I think you'll go one and two. That's my that's my whole thought <laughs> you process. Hope so. there. Coming I'm on, coming I'm on strong. You what, I am I am sucking Objects right now. Objects in your rearview mirror are closer than they appear. And yes, that you know what <laughs> you are a hundred percent correct. Hey, listen for everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Jay Cornegay. He'll be back with us after the uh, new year. Uh, Mike, myself, uh, Scott the Huff producing the show. Got to thank uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet, and also the great folks over at uh, Sweet Sweat at sweetsweat.com. All right, guys, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. We'll be back with you after the first of the year.